If you have your Bibles, if you don't have one, you can look on the screen. We're going to read Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 1 in the English Standard Version. And then we're going to pick up the narrative at verse number 7. And the Bible says this. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do. That you may live and multiply. Everybody say multiply. multiply. Everybody shout multiply. Not addition, multiplication. That ye may go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give your fathers. And then we, we're going to jump ahead. Uh, when you get home, your, your Bible study can be the whole chapter. But we're going to jump ahead to verse number 7. Because this was in my Bible reading uh, plan. I, I hope everybody in here has started uh, a yearly Bible reading plan. If you haven't. I encourage you to start a daily devotional. There's many out there. There's Dwell, The Bible Project, uh, The McShay Plan. I'm reading chronologically this year, and, and this is where I am. I'm in the book of Deuteronomy. And so he says, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Everybody say a good land. A land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs flowing out in the valley of the hills. A land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. How many like pomegranates? Well, I like some pomegranates. A land of olive trees. How many likes olive oil? Anybody like olive oil? I got some olive oil for Christmas. My wife and I did from the kings back there. Olive trees and honey. How many like honey? Yeah, I like that honey. Man, I, that's a land which you shall eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. That's awesome. A land whose stones are iron and whose hills you can dig with copper, and you shall eat. Oh, God, we don't need to talk about that during fasting season. I was so hungry last night. I started just looking for cough drops to eat. I had 4,002 cough drops last night. No, I'm just You shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. And I want to talk to you for a little while this morning there's a clause in the contract. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's a clause in the contract. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you know it's important to have a contract? People say, well, you know, used to, you could just shake somebody's hand and that was it. It's important to read the fine print of the contract. It was Charles Spurgeon that said, The Lord will make a way from where no foot has gone before. That which is like a sea, though it threatens to drown you, shall be a highway for your escape. And this promised land 
was God's idea. Somebody say it was God's idea. It wasn't Moses' idea. It wasn't Aaron's idea. It was God's idea. To take them to a land that flows with milk and honey and pomegranates and olive trees and everything else that the Bible said was in that land. Somebody say it was God's idea. He communed this, he communicated this to his people and he accomplished this and he delivered them from the slavery of Egypt and he brought them through the desert. And I love the word of God when it said in Deuteronomy 11 and 10, he said, the land that you are entering into to take possession of, it is not like the land of Egypt. Now, when I read that, I I just got blessed by that. God speaking through Moses said, it's not going to be like where you have come from, where you had to irrigate it and you had to farm it and your vegetables had to have irrigation and the system that you set up in Egypt. God said, the land that I'm going to take you to is not going to be like what you're used to. You're not going to water it the same way. You're not going to plant it the same way. You're not going to look at it the same way you did when you were in Egypt. The land that I'm going to take you to is not going to be like anything that you have ever seen before. Now you can go to the Sierra Nevada mountains and you can look at those mountains and you can say, oh, oh, they're, they're kind of like the Rocky Mountains. And, and if you get the chance, you can go to the Atlantic Ocean and you can look at it and you can touch the water and you can feel the viscosity of that water and you can look at the waves and say, yeah, that's kind of like the Pacific Ocean. Or you can get on the road and drive down to Death Valley and you can go through the desert and you can say, that's kind of like other deserts that have come before. But God is saying, the land that I want to take you to is not like any place that you have ever been before. Is there anybody in this building that want to go to some place that you have never been before? Is there anybody in this building that is tired of just seeing the same old things and That it ain't like anything you've seen before. 
The Bible lends itself to that way of thinking. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, it says, Now unto him that is able to do what? Somebody say exceeding. Say exceeding. Exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that's working in us. Now I'm looking at some of you this morning. I got news for you. You hadn't arrived yet. You haven't made it yet. I want, a, I want an exceeding abundant blessing on my life. I got three hand claps, two nods. I'm in the second Sunday in January and there's something in me I want to exceed abundant above all that I can ask or think. There's a desire in my heart still to see the great works of God. Tap your hands if you feel that way. You can see the difference. My wife and I were privileged to travel to Israel where you can literally see the hand in the favor of God. You can walk down one street, one corner, and you can see the land that's occupied by the Jewish people, God's chosen people, and then you step across the sidewalk and you, you can begin to see the lapidated buildings that's under Palestinian control and, and you, can, you can tell the difference. When favor is on somebody, you can tell the difference. It doesn't matter if you push them down. It doesn't matter if you stomp them. You don't, it don't matter if you say their kids are ugly. You say my grandson's ugly, I'm gonna have to choke you out. When you got favor resting on your life, it don't matter what the devil says. It doesn't matter what hell says. It doesn't matter what. Oh, when you got favor on your life, you're going to see things that you've never seen before. You're going to go places that you've never been before. It's different. I'm telling somebody. On this Sunday morning, God is trying to take us and take me. This is what the text is saying. I want to bring you into a new land, a place that you've never been before, a place that you've never seen before. You believe that, Sister Ibarra? I believe it for you. I believe it for your kids. Your grandchildren, I believe it for you. I believe it. I'm not just preaching this to fill time. I literally believe this. I believe that God can bless you in such a way. That the way you used to do business, you don't have to do business anymore. He said, you sowed your seed and you irrigated it like a garden of vegetables. He said, but I'm going to send you rain. All them, all them doubt people and all them people say, oh, you know, we're going we're gonna to dry up and we're going to fall off the earth. Yeah, what are they saying now? <laughs> or we're going to be, be in the drought and we're all going to die. Well, listen, they don't, they don't control the rain. Last time I checked, God controls the rain. And now, and now they're saying, oh, 
stop the rain. I'm going to tell you, there's spiritual rain like that. There's spiritual rain. There's spiritual rain that can come down and every dry thing, every barren landscape, when God says rain, when God says open up the floodgates of heaven and let it rain, it rains. It rains. Somebody shout, it's raining. God said, I, when, I turn, when God turns it on, you better get your umbrella and your, little, your booties out. That's what I want to happen in this church. That's what I'm, that's what, I'm 52 years old. I'm going to be 53. I can't preach and hop and run like I used to, but I'm going to tell you, there's fire in my soul. There's fire in my soul. And whether the Lord takes me tomorrow or the Lord takes me 30 years, I'm going to tell you, there's a land that is flowing with milk and honey and blessings that you have not seen. I know, I know. Oh, I've been around a long time. Seen a lot of revivals in my day. Let me tell you how, how, how I used to be. I'm going to tell you something. You better study the Bible. And I don't believe, I believe in celebrating the past, but I don't romanticize the past. Celebrate it, but don't you romanticize it. Because everywhere you study the Bible, God does his best work in the last days. God does his, the outpouring of the Spirit will be greater in the last days than it was on the day of Azusa Street. The latter shall be greater than the former. The latter shall be greater than the beginning. Though it started out small, it's going to be bigger in the end. Do I have anybody that believes what I'm saying? I'm telling you, the church will be better. Why? Because God is the landscaper. God is the gardener. That's what he's telling them. He really don't do it. He said, the eyes of the Lord, your God, are always upon the land. From the beginning of the year to the end of the year, God's eyes were on the land. He said, you've been wandering around all these 40-some years. Deuteronomy 84, he said, your clothes didn't even wear out. And your foot did not even swell these 40 years. Now think about that. Some of you wear something one day and you're like, oh, that's old, that's junk. Thank God let them wear the same clothes for 40 years. 40 years. I got some ski clothes that the moth ate up my ski clothes. <laughs> and I was like, how'd that, how did the, how'd that little de- de- demonic moth <laughs> full of the devil get in there and he, try to eat, he, he didn't try. He ate my ski clothes. He ate, he ate the top and he ate the bottom. But when the moss came to the people of God, God said, no, 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 no. You can't touch them. 
because their clothes, y'all not saying nothing, their clothes are not going to wear out. When the sun beat down on them for 40 years, their clothes did not wear down. When the rain fell on their backs for 40 years, their clothes did not wear out. When the jagged rocks reached out to snag the corner of their robes, God said, no, these are my people. These are the chosen, the redeemed, the sanctified. Somebody say, God said no. God changed their DNA. He changed their biology. He changed their physiology. Why? Because the promised land was God's idea. Now, my feet are already hurting. But God said, while you're in this land, I'm not even going to let your feet swell. And the reason he told them, your feet is not going to swell, he said, because every place you put the sole of your feet and you tread on it, I'm going to give you that land. From the river Euphrates to Lebanon and to the wilderness and to the uttermost seas shall be your coast. He said, no man will be able to stand before you. And here's what I feel, that this church, now you're a little bit laid back on me today. That's all right. I'll be be back. He said, every place you put your foot, I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you dominion. I'm going to give you authority. And what this church needs to walk in in 2023 is power and authority and dominion. You need to put your foot on the back of every spirit, every lying spirit, every demonic spirit. You need to put it under your feet. You need to declare dominion over your life. We need to walk in apostolic dominion. Somebody say dominion. Seriously? That's the best you got? Somebody shout dominion. Dominion. That's better. You need to have dominion on your school. You need to have dominion on your job. You need to have dominion in the hospital. You need to have dominion in the marketplace. When you go to the grocery store, hell ought to back up and say there's somebody that's been born again that's in this place. We must walk in dominion. Somebody shout amen. I don't want this church to just grow. I don't want to just get by. I don't want to have just good church. I want to walk in dominion. Like you young people, I want to flex on them. My flexing days are over. I can't flex nothing but a toothbrush. My flexing days are gone. It's over. But if I could, you young, you young bucks, y'all run down here. All y'all on the front. All you young bucks, run down here. Stand right here. Come on, stand, stand. Come, 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 come. If they ain't gonna listen, that's good. Turn around, face them. All right. Now flex. I got one. Come on, man. Come on, man. Flex on them. Just flex on them. Come on, flex on them. Come on, flex. Yeah. Give me some of that. Give me some of that. Give me some of that. 
That's what you need to do to the devil. You need to flex. You need to flex. You need to do whatever. But don't just sit there. Come on, somebody. Walk in dominion and power and authority and victory. Y'all can go sit down. Somebody say flex. I still got some swag. I want this church to impose its will. You hear me? I want you to impose your will. You don't just lay back passively. Just take what comes to you. You don't have to accept it. I feel like preaching to somebody that's been labeled. I feel like preaching to somebody that somebody spoke a lie over your life. Said you're never going to mount anything. You're always, you're always going to be like you are. You're always going to be sick or divorced or broken. I, I bind that lie over you right now. I, I, don't, I receive it. I don't receive, I don't receive that narrative. That you're always going to be the same old has-been. That you're always going to be washed up. That you're always going to be an addict. I'm going to tell you, the devil is alive. The devil is alive. God is going to give us apostolic dominion. 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 We need dominion in this city. Somebody shout dominion. You don't like it, reject it. The devil's using some of you like a floor mop. Mopping you up. Reject it. Impose your will. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the lender, not the borrower. I am rich and increased with good. I'm a child of God. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I am victorious. Impose your I'm trying to raise up an army in this place. I'm trying to raise up a mighty, mighty, mighty army of warriors. Somebody shout, I believe it. We're not just going to play defense. Our entire existence. And, I, and if you want a church that's just going to play defense, you got the wrong place. Right. Oh, 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 we're so, ooh, 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 coddle, careful, careful, ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, you're going to get tainted if, you, if, you, if you're a friend with that, ooh, ooh. Nonsense. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You ought to be walking any school, any restaurant, any place of business. You ought not be intimidated because you're a one God, Jesus' name. Holy Ghost filled. Holy Ghost filled. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Is anybody filled with the Holy Ghost? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. I know school's dangerous. I know it's dangerous. But is God in you or not? 
of the grocery store is dangerous. But is God with you or not? I'm not going to live in fear. I don't care what happens. God's got us in his hands. God's going to have a church. God's going to have a remnant. God's going to have people that are going to be saved, that are going to be baptized. We are not going to play defense. We are going to play offense. If you're watching this online, you're probably thinking, that, that guy's lost his mind. He's going to have a heart attack. Well, at least I had a heart attack while doing something worthwhile. Kathy's back there. She'll help me. She's a cardiac nurse. Just defend me and throw me back up here. If I fall, boom, put it up and throw me back up here. I'll preach the word of God with a good heart or a bad heart. I'm going to preach the truth because it's true. I'm trying to get you motivated. I'm trying to get you to start moving forward, taking ground, taking authority, taking kingdoms. Say, are you in competition with another church? Are you kidding me? Competition? With what? Look around this city. All of the churches combined, you can heap them all in one big old pile. We got more to do. We got more people to save. More schools, more colleges. Listen, you can pile us all in one big old lump. There is no such thing as competition. The only competition I got is the devil. I'm preaching to some warriors that'll pray and fast and study and take dominion. You gotta take dominion. Listen. You got to take dominion over your mind. You got to get up every single day of your life and say, I bind every devil that tries to attack my mind. You got to take dominion over school. You got to take dominion over college. You got to take dominion over the city, Jeremiah. You got to walk in and say, give up city to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. This is God's land. That's what I'm trying to motivate you to get out of your corner and get off your backside and stand up and stand with us and do something. God will do his part. He said, and when you cross over this Jordan, you will dispossess them. I've never seen that word in the Bible, dispossess. He said, you'll go into countries that are bigger and stronger and faster and greater than you are, the sons of Anak. You've heard about the sons of Anak. They're taller and swifter and stronger than you are. He said, but when I go with you, you will dispossess them. What does that mean? It means you will evict them. You will put them out. You will throw them out of their dwelling places. You know what I want to see? I'd love to see bars converted into churches in Modesto. I would. I would. I would. I'd love to see gang houses in Escalon converted into preaching points 
in Escalon and Oakdale and around. I'm going to tell you, I'm dreaming big. I'm asking, Lord, I'm asking for the land. Come on, somebody clap your hands. Somebody believe with me. Believe with me. Believe with me. It's happening. It's happening. There's whole churches that don't have a pastor that are, that are asking people I know, come be our pastor. Here, we don't owe anything on this building. Just take the whole building. Take the whole building. Just, you can have it. It's happening in Mark Brown in, in North Dakota and South Dakota. He's just driving through town looking for somebody. There'll be an abandoned church. They just give it to him. Nobody's coming here anyway. Why can't that happen here? Oh, that's California. Oh, I don't have no faith to believe God for all that. You think God is bound to boundary lines? You think God is limited to geographical locations? I want to tell you right here, right now, God can do it in Modesto. God can do it in California. God can raise it up to dispossess them. Somebody said, I believe that. There's, there's young men that I know in this building that are called to God that hadn't fulfilled their calling yet. Then I need to put you in a preaching point right now. Right now! To go and accomplish the plan and the mission of God. You know there's a call and a purpose of God on you to serve, to preach and to teach. You know that. And you gotta, you got to take the limit off your mind and off of your thinking. I feel the Holy Ghost helping me. I'm telling you. You've got to take the limit off what... There's young women in this church that can serve and be a blessing and lead a, a Bible study or a preaching point and teach workers, well, I don't know anything. Let me tell you, if you've been in the church five years, you know a thousand percent more than somebody that don't know nothing about God. Don't say you can't do it. If you've got breath and oxygen in your body, stop wasting it. Use it to help somebody. Use it to pick somebody up. Use it to encourage somebody and take the land that is in front of us. Gates of hell shall not prevail against them. And Jesus said, I have given you authority. Luke 10 and 19. He said, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all. Somebody shout that at me. Say all. Somebody shout all All. over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. And in this fifth book of the Bible called Deuteronomy, by all accounts, it is authored by Moses. And obviously the capstone in that great body of work is in Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your might. And at first glance, it seems this book is just reliving the details and the accounts of the desert wilderness. And the repetition at first might tempt us to pass over this great book. But the main purpose of this book, it's not Moses, Eleazar, or Aaron. It's to introduce to us this God of covenant. Everybody say covenant. Everybody say covenant. It's not 34 chapters, ladies and gentlemen. This book, the entire book, is a formal agreement of covenant. Deuteronomy. It's not chapters, it's a covenant. 
It's a covenant between God and his people, what God is promising that he will do. And it's important because covenant deals with relationship. This contract, this covenant is how God does business. A covenant is a relationship between two people. There's terms and conditions. There's several illustrations throughout the word of God, but I'm, I'm hastening right now. There are two equals. There's Jacob and Laban in Genesis 31. There's more powerful and less powerful like Abraham and Abimelech in Genesis 21. And then there's a David covenant. A Noah had a covenant. Israel had a covenant. And Abraham had a covenant. And God, when he looked around, Hebrews says this. When God made a promise to Abraham because he couldn't swear by anyone greater, he swore by his own self. God said, I looked around for somebody that had a better FICA score. I looked around for somebody that had better credibility. I used to sell cars, and don't, don't judge me. I used to sell cars from Modesto Mazda when my wife and I, when we first got married, she worked at Casual Corner in the mall. I worked for, anybody remember Casual Corner? Three people. You got to be over 40. She worked at Casual Corner in the mall. I worked for Modesto Mazda, Lynn Stinson at the time. I don't know if he still owns that. He did. His grandson used to come to this, come to this church. I, he had four dealerships at the time. I was working with Donnie Wilson in Oakland Hills, and work got slow, and so I had a new wife. Guess what? I got to go to work. Got to get a job. That's a novel idea. See lot. That's a whole sermon for another day. But I used to sit across the desk and there's couples that I sold cars to in this church that have gone on to be with the Lord. And you sit there and you have to go through all the fine print and it's back and it's forth. Unless you really know somebody, just, you get a deal and that, that's the price and that's it. But it's back and it's back and forth and, and you just don't know what's coming from the desk and coming from the salesman. I, I, I trusted God. I was, a, I was a Christian so I didn't lie and cheat and do all that business because I feel like God would get me if I did that. But God said I looked around for somebody's word that was greater than mine. I couldn't find nobody. So I swore by my own self saying I will bless you and I will multiply you. I'll give you the stars of the heaven and the sand of the seashore. If you will, I will. If you'll take a step and believe me, I will give you power. That's what he said. To get wealth. That's what he said. Why would God say that? Finish reading it. It's right there in the Bible in Deuteronomy 8 and 18. He said, I'm the one who gives you power to get wealth, but I don't do it just to do it so you can brag. I do it to confirm my covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And here, here's my whole message. God is saying to us, if we will join him in covenant, if you will, God will. If you'll trust me, I'll bless you. If you'll walk with me, 
No man will stand before you. If you'll put your life in my hands, I'll make sure that the scorpion and the adder and the fox and the wolves don't destroy you. I'll be a pillar of fire by night. I'll be a pillar by day. I'll protect you. There's a clause in the contract. You have to obey him and follow him and trust him. Put your life in his hands even when you don't feel him and you don't see him and you don't know the way that you should take. You still have to trust him and say, Lord, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to submit to your ways and your will. And if you will, there'll be a land that flows with milk and honey and olive oil and pomegranates and figs. And there'll be rain. Rain. Anybody want the rain? I want you to stand all over this building right now. Raise your hands. I feel the power of God. I feel the touch of God. If you will, I will. If you will follow me, I will protect you. I will trust you. If you will obey me, if you will seek after me. Come on, I want you to raise your hands right now to the Lord. I feel like we ought to be making some covenants with the Lord right now. We ought to make covenants with God. We ought to make covenants with God. That's how God does business. He did it all through the Bible. It's a contract. If you will, I will. If you'll take a step of faith, I'll be with you all along the way. If you will obey me, I will bless you. I will prosper you. There'll be enough bread. There'll be enough honey. There'll be enough pomegranates. There'll be enough rain. If you will, I will. Come on, raise your voice right now. Come on, lift your voice to the Lord. It's a covenant. It's a covenant. I'm in covenant with the Lord. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to open this altar, but I want to tell you what happened. I'm going to tell you, and I hope this helps you. Again and again, God said, if you will, I will. If you will, I will. Again and again, they, they came up short. They fell off the wagon. They made a mistake. And God kept going, if you will, I will. You you know, in in legal terms, that's called breach of contract. That allows the other party to get out of the deal if you break the contract. God had all rights to break the contract. He had all rights to undo the deal, to unwind it, as they used to say. He could have. When God makes a promise, he can't back out of the deal. Even if you make a mistake and you're unfaithful, God won't back out, Joyce. He won't back out of the deal. He'll show up again and again and again and again. He must keep his promise. Oh, my God. What a God. You ought to raise your hands and lift your voice. 
He won't back out. When you come up short, when you drop the ball, when you break the contract, he'll come back again and again. Thankful to his promise. Does anybody here need that? Does anybody here need a promise keeping God? Come to this altar right now, quickly. Promise keeping God. A promise keeping God. A promise keeping God. I want that land. I want want my family to walk in that land. I, I want my children to walk in that land. I want this church. I want this church to walk in that land. I want to see all the blessing. I want to see you lack for nothing. I want to see you eat without scarcity. I want you to see that promise. But will you come? Will you come and make a fresh covenant with the Lord? Will you come and make a brand new covenant with the Lord? Maybe you want to join Him in the covenant of baptism. Maybe you want to join Him in the covenant of being spirit-filled. He's here now. Come on, reach over and pray with somebody. Christ is better. A better covenant. Better promises. Better than the angels. Better than Moses. Better than everything. Come on, raise your hands. Lift your voice right now. To do just what he said, he would do. He's gonna fulfill every promise. Don't give up on God, cause he won't.